are live. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land. And welcome to the premiere episode of Brave New Wild, a Junior Braves of the Apocalypse actual play podcast. We're finally here. And I'm so excited to be kicking off the season two game. Of course, this is your scout master, Mikey, which is what the game has dubbed the GM for this game. I didn't. So don't read too much into it. But you can follow me all over the social medias at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow us collectively here at Vibe Tribe Productions, where we have so many projects going on. It is a great time, I promise you. There's something for everybody. Maybe you like this game. Do you like some emotional things? Then we got a game for that. Do you want to see K Absolute Chaos? We also got that. You can also revisit our season one shows where the best way to describe it is we had a horny detective, erotic Viking Santa Claus, some gay boyfriends. <laughs> and it was like, it's a great time. So y'all should go check that out. And yes, I'm totally ripping off the Stefan SNL skit, favorite character, MVP for the win. But I am not alone in this endeavor tonight. I am here with my amazing season two cast for Brave New Wild. So we're going to go around. We're going to do some introductions. They're going to tell us where we can find them. And then I want them to give them a little bit of their history with TTRPGs. So that way we get to know them a little better because we're going to be stuck together for a very long time on this car trip. And no, I am not turning this car around. We're going to start with Eeny, Meeny, Money, Mo. Christopher, I decided you shall be the first to go. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. This is Chris, also known as Riku. You can find me on social media as PupRiku or PuppyRiku. All depends on what app you're using. You can also find me here on the Vibe Tribe, here on Brave New Wild, as well as DMing the Academy and the Crystal City, as and playing in A Walk Among Gods and Tavern Tales for this season. And also, I was in season one in a bunch of stuff, so... Take a look back at that. I was one of the gay boyfriends. The the gay samurai boyfriends. We need to make that clear. <laughs> yes. Anywho, I'm excited for this game. My history with TTRPGs, I used I've played TTRPGs back since college, little over eleven years now. From Dungeons and Dragons to Call of Cthulhu to various other TTRPGs, and now I'm here. And trying out a new one for me. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so excited for you because this is going to be a fun system to use, which I will go into once we get past the introductions. Speaking of introductions, we're going to continue on with that. And the next person that is going to give a little bit about themselves to you, the listening audience, you know him from season one. You love him to death. It is the one and only Sut. Now, that, that makes me feel like I have something to live up to. But as, as Mikey said, it's Chris or Sutton as I go by for, I guess, ease of communication since we do have multiple Chris's. I'm anxious to see this zombie horde and how we choose to deal with it. It's going to be, it's going to be quite entertaining from what I've read so far. I guess back history with gaming way way back in the 80s i had the the red and blue box set of dungeons and dragons played for a while then and then i guess life happened and then 
found this awesome group of folks and has have enjoyed every moment of it so far. They it's some some really really good content, really good action, adventure, whatever, everything. It's literally, as he said, there's something for everybody. Stefan is an amazing person just putting out there to the universe. All of these amazing people are. And I can't wait for y'all to be a part of this journey with us. Uh, this next person, I'm so happy to have him back for season two. And you can find him along with me and some other amazing folks over at the Divergence and go back and listen to Furusato and Friday Night Fights. But joining us officially for season two is the one and only Adolfo. And saludos. I am Adolfo the Nerdy Puerto Rican, and I am here to play some tabletop role-playing games and a little history of me and the tabletop role-playing games. Picture it. Acton, Massachusetts, 1983. A young, wide-eyed little boy walks into the basement and sees his older brothers and their friends playing this cool game where they roll dice and pretend to fell foul creatures. That's me, folks. I was that little boy. And that's when I first started playing tabletop role-playing games through the, through the ages. Yes, I'm going to say ages. Through the ages, I have played numerous different game systems, numerous different type of games. And since joining Vibe Tribe, I've actually have learned some new, some new game systems that I never realized existed. And they're great. And they bring me back. And the people here are great, super talented. So it's going, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. My character will be boring. Now, as the kids say these days, that's all cap. We know it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, man. Don't let him fool you because he comes up with some amazing character concepts that they're always stellar. So don't let him fool you, listening audience. His character is going to be fantabulous. All righty. Next person up to give their introduction is the freshman of <laughs> season two, because this is his official debut into the world of Vibe Tribe. So we're, we may do some hazing later. He's a personal friend of mine from all sorts of other places. And I am so happy that I get to introduce him to the rest of the world. Give it up for the one and only Kellen. Hey, guys, I'm Kellen, also known as the Celtic Wyvern King. Definitely looking forward to trying the system out just because never played this before. So it's always fun to learn new systems. And when it comes to my background, I played 5e I, in a game with Mikey. Every Monday while I'm still guest starring, I've done Cortex with Firefly. I've done Powered by the Apocalypse when it comes to Monster of the Week. I've haven't played it, but definitely read enough into it where I can easily probably jump into it. Mass TTRPG and Stargate, as well as a few others. Most excellent. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, at least for now anyways... This man has been the most reliable person in season one when we were just getting this whole shindig started. This man, just as myself, we both are mad lads with me running all the games I did for season one and him playing in pretty much every single one except for one last season. He is the homie. He has become one of my good friends over the last year and a half in doing this. I am happy to introduce to you Josh. 
Hello, hello everybody. As everybody said, as Mikey said, my name is Josh, or uh, you may also know me as MG Preacher. You might, I'm not gonna say you might have seen me on TikTok because I haven't been on TikTok in a while and I'm not all that interesting. But anyways, I'm excited to be here for season two. I've been with Mikey pretty much since day, I guess you could say day one of season one. And Mikey, correct me if I'm wrong. I was in six of your actual play podcasts in season one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Six out of seven. Like Mikey said, mad lad. But yeah, ever since Mikey invited me to be a part of Call of the Deep, I've just been like, hey, if you ever need anybody to like fill in a spot for a day or fill in for a NPC or whatever, just let me know. I'm just, I just try to be that, that friend. But uh, out of everybody here and probably everybody on Vibe Tribe in particular, length of playtime, I am probably the newest person to tabletop RPGs. I've only been playing them for about a year. But uh, yeah. I'm still here. Can't get rid of me that easy, can you, Mike? No. And I have to give Josh a special kudos because he played in six out of the seven and of games from season one, which means he learned. Let's see. One, two. He learned about three or four different game systems all at once. <laughs> I'm still trying uh, to get my brain rewired. I'm like uh, Batty Coda from Fern Gully. Damn, what a reference. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's great. But hopefully this game is actually, the system is relatively pretty easy to understand, so you won't have to do too much rewiring. We do have one more player who will be joining us later within the program, but I will give his introduction now. You can find him as your lovable ankle-biting goblin over at Call of the Deep Corvus. You can also find him as one of the players in the Hunt for Glory, a Death Watch TTRPG happening in season two as well. He is your lovable normal guy, Amador. He doesn't really do too much of the social medias, but he is a great guy. He is amazing. He is a personal friend of mine. He lives about 20 minutes away from me, so that's always a good thing. We live in the same area. It's crazy, right? But he will be joining us later tonight shortly to join us in this character. Oh, yeah. To join us in this character creation session is going to be a good time. But now that we've introduced everybody, let's get into why we're all here. TPK first episode. No, it's kidding. <laughs> we're here for the cult stuff, right? Shh, that's, all, that's in some other games. Oh, sorry. Wrong podcast. Actually, who knows? Now I may have to throw a cult in. Damn it. I heard there was punch and pie. Now I was going to say, this ain't a god. Oh, Lord. We'll that, that's a conversation for the af That's a conversation for the bonus content for later. But this is great. This is great stuff. No, but let's get to the meat and potatoes of tonight. So tonight's episode is a very special listening audience because we're going to walk through character creation for the. Brave New Wilds, which is the name of the show for this Junior Braves of the Apocalypse TRPG actual play. So a little bit about the Junior Braves. Junior Braves is made by Renegade Studios, which are the studio that is responsible for some other projects you may know as, such as Kids on Bikes. They also have the developers of the Essence 20 system, 
which is the core system of the G.I. Joe, Transformers and Power Rangers TTRPGs. They also have some more grittier works like the Outbreak TTRPG and like some other cool projects. Listen, Renegade Studios is that company. Like I really enjoyed them. They also have Kids on Brooms, Teens in Space. And at the time of this recording, they are in the process of doing a second edition for Kids on Bikes. Now, I say at the time of this recording because this isn't coming out till March, but congratulations, the game might be out already. Who knows? But the game that the TRPG that we are using for this podcast is Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. It is of the same name on the comics, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, which I also recommend you go in and supporting the comic book artists and authors because it is a great read. There's two volumes out and it is a great time. And especially if we want to introduce young adolescents into their introduction into the world of graphic novels. It is a good time. The basis of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse is what happens when you stick the equivalent of the Boy Scouts in a zombie apocalypse world. So our characters, our players are going to be creating characters tonight that are prebubescent teenagers. So this game has everything. It has zombies. It has shitty adults. It has teenage drama. So what more could you ask for? But we're going to be going through step by step the character creation process before the start of this episode my players were recommended to open up their copies of the junior braves book so that way i can help them answer any questions and walk them through character creation so players we're going to start with character creation i'm so excited this is gonna be so good y'all but Players, if you can open your PDF, so it is the physical page 14, where the first thing we're going to take a look at is your character stat. So in Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, since it is based on the kids on bikes system, the way that the game mechanics works is that each character is going to have six specific stats that are used to cover all the major things when it comes to to any TTRPG. So really quickly, the six stats that our lovable scouts are going to be using through over the course of this campaign are brains, brawn, fight, flight, charm, and grit. So some brief explanations. Brains refers to our scouts ability to use reasoning and book knowledge in the situation. Brawn is their brute strength and general health, so how sturdy they are. Fight is the scout's ability to defend themselves when they are being attacked or they are put in a dangerous situation. And in opposite, their flight is the scout's ability to be quick and agile should they need to when the time comes. Charm refers to their social awareness and just their overall good manners that they have. Because sometimes you always can't fight your way through a situation. You got to be charming in order to talk your way sometimes. And then last but certainly not least is grit. So grit refers to the scout's ability to have a sharp, strong mind. So the mental fortitude that a scout has. So those are the six stats that junior braves uses and here's what we're going to do so the first step is really easy so within this system 
each of you are going to be given the following dice. You each have a D4, a D6, a D8, a D10, a D12, and a D20. So you have those six dice types, and here's how this is going to work for the first part. You are going to assign, based on a character concept that you may be working with, now granted, these numbers can change before the actual start of the campaign, which is fine with me, but what you're going to do is you're going to assign each of these six dice types to the one of the set of skills. So, for example, obviously, if you sign a D20 to a certain skill, that means that your scout is very that is their strongest attribute of all six of them is the higher the dice, the higher the success. And obviously, the lower the dice, the lower the success and just as flavor wise, the lower dice means that they're not necessarily the greatest in that skill. However, and I'll get to this in a little bit, the lower dice does not always mean it's going to be a bad thing because this game has something fun, which I will get to in a little bit. But for your first homework assignment, gentlemen, is you're going to assign these dice to each of the stats. So one dice per stat. So the D20, consider it the dice you want to assign to the stat that you think your scout would be the best at. And then going down the line, your D4 is the stat that probably that's not their strongest skill in their arsenal. This is going to be fun. So players, if you want a more in-depth description to your stats, you may take a look at page 14 in your survival guide, which is the name of the book, by the way. So I love that. <laughs> so page 14 kind of gives it more in detail, but you guys are going to assign those dice to each of those six stats. And of course, I'm here to answer any questions that you might have, all that kind of stuff. I know this is the boring part, but we're going to get into the fun stuff shortly. <laughs> so once again, you each have a D4, 6, 8, 10, 12, and 20. And you're going to assign each dice to one of the six skills, with the D20 being your scout's strongest stat and the D4 not necessarily being the worst stat, but they're not very good at it. And then we'll get into what this all means in a little bit, because even your scout's weakest stat has the propensity to be the strongest moment of any given session. I've been thinking about this since you told me I was playing in this game, Mikey. I love when players think about these things. <laughs> so... What have you been thinking about, my friends? It's, it's, at least to me, it's funny when you play so many different systems because you you have like this vision, this thought of what you want your character to like, you know, be good at or whatnot. So then you have to, with the stats that are like given you, try to figure out, huh, what would fit where? I know. Like I said, character creation is one of my favorite parts because it allows me as your game master to see into how you guys think when it comes to building characters. And the cool, the funny thing is with this system, with the kids on bike system, 
it's really simplistic, but it's within that simplicity that makes it difficult when creating the character. Because you're like, maybe my character is super smart. Oh, wait, hold up. Maybe they're... it's super simple, but then it gets complicated of how simple it is. It's all, oh, but what if they're, yeah, maybe the choices, the choices. And it's because of the simplicity that there's no right or wrong answer, I think is the fun part. Right. I always get in the rut of when it comes to these types of the game systems where character creation just flows so easily. I always get in the rut of thinking to myself, what did I forget? What am I missing? I got to reread the book again. It can't be that easy to create a character. And see, what's interesting about Junior Braves is because normally most TTRPGs that I've played and you usually come up with your concept first and then afterwards is when you put in the mechanics of fitting that person now. Oh, no, this game has you assign the stats first and then you come up with the concept based on the stats you give them, which is the one of the things I love about the Junior Braves game is that you assign stats first and then you use those stats to try to fit in what trope your scout ends up falling into, which we're going to get into as our second step here in a little bit. But I would like to hear, actually, so Adolfo, I'm going to pick on you first because I love you. But I would like, and again, these do not have to be the final answers. You could change them as we go through along. But what were you thinking as far as your stats and what dice belong in each? For the character concept that I'm thinking, I put a D20 into brains and then a D12 into brawn, a D4 into fight. D10 into flight, a D6 in charm, and a D8 in grit. Ooh, very nice. I'm so excited to start doing the tropes next. This is going to be so much fun. Alrighty. So, Chris, Riku, Chris. <laughs> See, this oh, is what good. happens when you have too many people with the same names. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right, yeah. So... Looking at the different the different abilities and what they each stand for, I could still I've been thinking about what kind of character I've been wanting to do, and I see my character. I wanted to build a gymnast, like a character who loves to do gymnastics during gym class and all that stuff. So I put the D twenty into flight. I put the D twelve into uh, a fight d10 into grit d8 into bra- brains pretty average student d6 into charm and d4 into brawn <laughs> yes i love it i love it love it you oh this is flexible characters don't you he does has a history of playing them just, just saying friday night fights come on Oh, yeah, yeah, my Friday Night Fights character is a pretty flexible one. But also, but that one's going a bit of a different direction soon in season, in its whatever its next iteration will be. Oh, please, each entrance, he's going he's gonna to get up on that mat and drop down into that split. You're going yeah, my character, my character in this, in the future, becomes Umbra. Oh, my <laughs> he grows God. Up. We're starting a multiverse, <laughs> I don't know. the Umbra's backstory. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, the zombie apocalypse. That was a crazy thing. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. 
<laughs> All righty, Sutfin, what you got in terms of your stats? Chaos and confusion. I feel that it, it is. I mean, I'm saying it's a different way of thinking of the creation process. And it's I have an idea in my head, and it's it's interesting to try to balance, I guess, everything. But I'm torn between two right now, so I'll jump around that. So I'm thinking, let's see, we're going to do a D20 in grit, the 12 in brawn. Let's just go how I have them here. So 8 in brains, 6 in fight, 10 in flight, and 4 in charm. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. This is going to be good. Like I said, this is a very interesting system where you assign your stats first and then you use the stats to help you pick a trope or a playbook, in this case, that best fits with that. Really quickly, before we continue on with the stats, the man of the hour that I mentioned earlier has finally arrived. A new challenger has entered the arena. Oh, Amador, we love you. Why don't you introduce yourself really quickly to the folks and give a little bit of who you are and your history with TTRPGs? Oh, hi, I'm Amador. I just got here after a long day. But about me, I don't do much outside of the Vibe Tribe, but I have been here at the Vibe Tribe for a little bit. You can find me in, what is it called? Call of the Deep as your ankle-biting goblin Corvus. You can... Find me as an Astartes in Death Watch, and you can find me as a weird robot man in Walk Among Gods. But today I will be playing something. And that's what this episode is about to figure out what that something is. <laughs> oh, Amador, I'm glad that you can be here, bud. So, since you missed the whole spiel, if you can, in the player handout section of our game, you will find a digital copy, the PDF of the handbook. And we are currently on page 14 and we're just going over stats and assigning the dices to the stats. So, Amador, this system actually should be familiar to you because this is using the kids on bike system. <laughs> oh, man. What a time, right? What a time. <laughs> yes. So in the player handouts, you also will find the character sheet that you could print and figure it out. And then just to quickly recap what I told these lovely gentlemen earlier is that for Junior Braves or Brave New Wild, as we're calling the game, you have six stats that make up who your character are. So that's their brains, their brawn. Mm their fight, their flight, their charm, and their grit. So, just like when we played Kins on Bice all those years ago, literally, it wasn't that long ago, for being honest, but you have a D4, a D6, a D8, a D10, a D12, and a D20, and you're going to assign one of those dice to each stat. Remember, D20 is the stat that you think your character concept would be the best at, and then going all the way down to the D4, where they're not the, necessarily the best about it. And of course, these numbers do not have to be final. They can change before the first actual session that we're going to do in two weeks at the time of this recording. <laughs> so I'm going to let you figure that out. To, and then I'm going to come back to you so you can tell the lovely listening audience like what you ended up with your stats. Okay. Yes, you got this. I believe in you. Oh. Oh my goodness. 
but we have the full crew now, so this is going to get chaotic as fuck. Alrighty. So, Kellen, what have you been thinking about in terms of your stats? Yeah, so looks like right now I'm thinking 10 in brains, 8 brawn, 6 in fight, 20 in flight, 12 in charm, and then, yeah, we ain't going to have any street smarts, so we're going 4 in grit. That is amazing. And like I said, the beautiful thing about this game is finding a trope that could fit with the stats, but also what kind of concept you want to come up with. All right, Joshy boy, now it is your go. So what are you thinking in terms of your stat? What you got for me? Okay, so I'm going to start off strong here. And I've got a D4 in brains. I've got a D20 in brawn. D12 in flight. D or D12 in fight. D8 in flight. D6 in charm and a D10 in grit. Very nice. I'm loving the spread of all of this because so far. And again, these might change at the time of the actual first session, but it's a good spread of what ends up being your strongest. We have two characters whose strongest is flight. We have somebody who is strong in grit, somebody strong in brains, and somebody strong in brawn. I'm tempted to call your character, Josh, the brawny man. I know brains, but I strunk. Oh, no, we found the resident barbarian for this gaze. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> no, it's not the resident barbarian. It's the resident himbo. Yes. Oh, Josh, I think we found an archetype for you across a lot of these games. <laughs> You're our Vi tribe himbo. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can punch things. And in this game, apparently I can shoot things. If you manage to find a gun. Remember, you are the age of 11 to 16. So gun laws still apply. Hey, you can still shoot things in my game. Mm, he does it all the time. <laughs> gun laws. I would say gun laws apply, but not most hunting supplies like bows and arrows or crossbows. That is also true. And we're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Spoiler, but not really. <laughs> gun laws don't apply in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because y'all going to be dealing with zombies. The bane of every teenage existence are crappy adults. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be so much fun. All right. Amador, I know I didn't really give you a lot of time, <laughs> but I would like to hear what you is thinking. Maybe I don't know when you're ready to share with the class. OK, so we have plenty of people in our. We have plenty of people in brains, fight, brawn, flight and grit. But it looks like we're lacking in a person who can talk to others. Because if anybody knows anything about zombie apocalypses, the other greater enemy other than the zombie themselves is people. So I think I'm going to put my highest D20 into charm. <laughs> so we have a means of communication, maybe even bartering for our lovely people on fight and getting some supplies for our brain people see if they can cook something up then i think we'll go down so it's a d20 a d12 a d6 the d10 and then the d4 is the lowest correct still five? yes so it goes 20 12 10 8 6 and 4 i'm gonna go d12 with 
grit because I do think my character will have a little bit more of a street smarts than D10 into flight because he's kind of, he's kind of, uh, yeah, he get it here at the Vibe Tribe. D10 and then D6 or D8 is going to go into bronze. Sorry if I'm just thinking aloud because I put on the spot here. Brains is going to be the D6. A little smart, but not too smart. And then D4 is flight. So please do not expect me to do a lot of fighting. I am the means in which to speak to others. <laughs> I got you covered. So what I'm hearing is you see like a wall of zombies coming after throwing you first so you can talk to them. Got it. Yup. Be like, hey guys, I know you want to eat us, but let me give this PowerPoint presentation as to why that's not a good idea. I can sing them. I can lull them with my beautiful voice. Oh, oh no, so we uh, since you're since you've got the best charm, I guess you can do the bartering. And when you do so, go for the chili, <laughs> chili mac MREs. Oh, you're right. MRE menu number like three or whatever. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I will give you a whole Josh if you give me three cans of beans. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, mean, I can pick you up. I use my D20 in bronze and pick you up and throw you. I deserve that. I totally deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Again, so these numbers, these numbers are allowed to change. You don't have to solidify them right now. This system is so lenient that it's more about collaborative storytelling than it is about crunchy dice mechanics, though crunchy dice mechanics is still a fun aspect of this game. So let's get into probably my favorite part of this character creation. Step two, which is for our players. Now is the time where you take a look at your stats and you decide a trope. So in Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, the trope is essentially the word that is used to describe this game system's archetype or playbook for our Braves, which is what they're going to be called. They're like Boy Scouts, but they're called Braves in this game. So the trope is basically an archetype of what kind of person your particular scout is how they grew up, and the ways they may act or be perceived from others. So you only get to choose one trope, and each trope gives you a unique ability that you can use with your Brave Tokens, which I'll explain what those are a little bit later into character creation. Now, it is not mandatory, but I highly recommend it because there are so many tropes to choose from, beginning on page 16, by the way, that it is not mandatory, but it is highly recommended that everyone does picks a different trope because then it makes it so much fun. But then again, there's so many of them. The chance of everybody picking the same one might be a little different, but really quickly. The tropes or archetypes that are available to you all are adventurer, clown, devote, dreamer, geek, poncho, jock, loner, the mentor figure, which has its special set of rules that we will talk about in a little bit, the oddball, the paragon, 
the rebel, the ruffian, the rustic, the slacker, the second special one, the tagalon, which also has a unique set of rules. And finally, the tinkerer. So with these tropes, as I mentioned, each of them give you a special ability that you can use. Now, with these tropes, some of these abilities, depending on your archetype, you will use brave tokens to use the special ability, while others allow you to earn bonus brave tokens when you perform the actions. So I'm going to give you all about eh, a minute or two to look over the tropes and think about it. And I am going to, in two minutes or less, go for the listening audience to give a brief description of each archetype. So starting at the very top, your adventurer is the brave that loves to explore the wild and feels called to adventure before anything else. Your clown is basically the comic relief. Where things get dire, the clown tends to strive to get a chuckle out of their friends. And it's not that they don't take things seriously, but laughter is the best medicine in their bread and butter. The, defa- the devout is basically that one kid in Boy Scouts that we all knew that was there from the beginning of the troop and like lives and breathes the brave. So this is their lifeline, so to speak. But also because, and this is just a little bit of a historical lesson, the Boy Scouts also had an aspect, because when I was in Boy Scouts, there's an aspect of religion that was a part of it too. So the devout also believes in some form of higher power. It is 2023, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a monotheistic Christian god. It may be any other faith that is out there in the world. It's just that they believe in a higher power of some sort. The dreamer is the scout that is the most optimistic and positive of the group. So the saying head in the clouds refers to this character. Their head is usually always up in the clouds and it takes very it takes a lot for them to come crashing down into the ground. So they're going to be the person that you want to protect with your life. So they stay happy go lucky. Your geek is the bookworm of the group. They like to read a lot of scientific discoveries, history, all the academic stuff is what they thrive off of. Whereas your honcho is basically like the leader of your group and is responsible for keeping everybody organized on time, giving tasks to everybody, very like TA is the best way to put it. It's like, all right, y'all got this task to do, all that kind of good stuff. So they're the ones that keep the group organized. The jock needs no explanation. This is your athletic, your sports star, the martial artist. They did all the sports when they were little and continue to do so as they get older. And it's just overall very athletic. The loner is your scout that feels like they never fit in with the rest of the tribe. They usually keep to themselves most of the time and they are just a leave me alone type of vibe. But they will surprise you when things dire and they will step in when need be. The first of the two special roles is the mentor. So the mentor is going to be a character that is between the ages of 18 and 26. Think of them as your young assistant scout master or your brave leader in this game so 
If you decide to play the mentor, the specialty of that is that they are going to be other than your brave leader of the troop, the troop leader, they are going to be the oldest person in the group. And they are between the ages of 18 and 26, which come with additional benefits as well, because they are older. And in the grand scheme of this game, have seen more things than these young children. The oddball is, as it describes, is just your scout is the odd one out is into the strange and bizarre of things like lizard people and aliens. There's that one time you try to contact a spirit or the fairies from the other side. So that was a very interesting experience. But yeah, the oddball is just that the oddball, the paragon. This one is your honor student, the one that the teacher and grownups always treat as the model child. This is like nothing they do can ever go wrong. They're basically the teacher's pet of the group. Everybody had one of those growing up. So I was that one. So I unfortunately claimed that as my own because I was given that title. I just didn't want to fail my The rebel is your maverick, the one who has the strongest opinion in the room and they believe in it, whether they believe they are right or wrong and they're too cool for school. And basically, yeah, rebellious. Okay, so the ruffian... Now, the ruffian is described as your very aggressive bully type, but it could be used in different ways. They might be taking your lunch money or they might be protecting you from your lunch money getting stolen. But they're basically like your enforcer and they are very good at giving painful wedgies and getting into fights when need be. So the ruffian is basically the person that you're going to want to rely on when you get into a scrape. So the rustic is the scout that basically loves to reconnect with nature and the wilds is their playground. And they basically love to rather be in nature than in indoors all the time. Your slacker is just that it's the slacker where your scout, if you are the slacker, likes to kick back, play video games. They just have this chill vibe or whatever. They try, they look like they're participating, but they away from prying eyes. They shirk their duties and are just kicking it and just taking it easy. The tagalong is the second special character that you could play as. The tagalong is that equivalent to when you go out with your friends and then you have to take your little brother or sister or even your cousin in some cases. So the tagalong. If you choose to play that, your character's age will be between the ages of six and eight. So they are that little cousin, little sibling that has tagged along with the scouts. And because the Braves have welcomed everybody despite race, age, creed, sex, orientation, yada, yada, all that good stuff. But I don't want to take Charlie to the movies with my friends. But you have to. (laughs) Fine. See, I never had that problem because me and my younger brother are five years apart, so we didn't really have that issue. <laughs> I never had that problem either. That's because I only had one cousin that lived close to me, but there was nothing to do other than go into the woods. Sounds about right. Must be nice, Michael. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, we're not going to get into that whole story because Amador here. How do I put this? <laughs> Amador has his own vibe tribe. (laughs) It's great. And then, of course, last but not least is your Tinkerer, the scout that's not very comfortable with the outdoors. 
or with any kind of physical task or activity. But when it comes to mechanics and engineering, your tinkerer is the person you're going to want to give them the tools if things need a fixing and or that kind of stuff. Okay. All righty. So this is we're going to go in reverse order this time. So Amador, which trope has tickled your fancy, so to speak? Okay. So I was thinking maybe it's a really hard toss up because I always like playing the weirdos. So like oddball really stuck to me and I really like its little its little ability to be able to see things out of place and curious things. But I don't know. I want that or dreamer. And I think I'm going to go with, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the oddball. I think I'm just going to, I'm really good with talking to people, but I also go off the deep end sometimes. And I think that's what I want my character to be. And even in kids and bike, when we did our kids on bikes uh, campaign a while ago, I was also the weirdo. So I'd like, I think I'm going to keep that theme up because it's really fun being the weirdo. <laughs> oh my gosh, it really was. It's such a great time. All right. So you have the oddball. So obviously you can look at your special skill underneath the oddball trope. But for the listening audience, when you select the oddball as your trope. So once again, a lot of these either you use brave tokens or you earn more than you normally do. But when the oddball spends a brave token to ask the guide, which is me, about what is most curious, strange, or out of place about an object, person, or incident in the current scene, I must answer the question truthfully. So anytime the oddball asks a question and spends a brave token to ask me about what is most curious, strange, or out of place within a given scene, I have to answer it completely honestly with no hint of, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. No, I have to tell the truth. So that's probably going to come in handy when it comes to certain situations. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Yes, exactly. I have to, especially if the oddball spends a brave token. Speaking of the truth, truthfully, Josh, what trope? Immediately. Okay. Kids, we don't have... All right, next person. No, just kidding. (laughs) I'm not the one, like you said, Mikey, I'm not the one taking the lunch money. I'm the one that walks up behind the guy that's trying to take the, the lunch money and punch him in the ears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> punch him in the ear. All right. So ruffian, I didn't want to assume because you know what they say about assuming. <laughs> but you would have assumed, right? <laughs> yeah. It's one of the few times I assumed. So the ruffian is going is what Josh is looking at. So when you pick the ruffian trope, when you try to solve problems, do direct confrontation or sheer, but as the book puts it, <laughs> such a fun word to say, you may spend a brave token to add plus three to your role. In addition to any bonus from an applicable skill patch, which we'll get into a little bit later in character creation. So literally ruffian you spend a brave token you get a plus three to your roll which obviously definitely makes or breaks what's about to go down in this game all righty all right kellen what about you what trump tickles young fancy it's kind of toss up because i'm stuck between adventurer clown and hold on what's the other one i was looking at where the hell was it and the rebel, like I'm stuck between those three. 
Because I like the fact that adventurer can just find something that we need potentially. The clown, because doesn't matter what game, there's got to be someone there for the comedic relief. Just whether I can actually succeed at that is a different story. Mm-hmm. Rebel, because come on, rebel. Of course. Dixie Land intensifies. We're gonna go adventurer. Yeah. I just like the utility of behind it, that one. Yes. All right, adventurer. Adventurer is a fun one. I played as an adventurer when I actually tested this game out during during the pandemic when they had the Renegade Con virtual. I actually got to play t- I got to play this game and I picked the adventurer for my character. So it was a lot of fun. Alrighty, for the listening audience, when you pick the adventurer, you can spend a brave token to find something unexpectedly useful in your surroundings, like a discarded tool covered in mud, a broken toy that has salvageable batteries, a hidey hole, etc. So the adventurer, when they spend a brave token, literally could make or break what's about to happen in any given scene with finding something unexpectedly useful. Now, of course, on hammer for the brown boy. Now, of course, with it, it does have to come with some compromise from the guide and the adventurer. But honestly, I'm pretty cool when it comes to stuff. Now, within reason, obviously, if you tell me, oh, look, I found this magnum. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> I checked this pile of trash. Oh, look, I found an M134 Gatling gun. Be like, campaign over. <laughs> We're an extremely observant hey, a rocket launcher. so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to the type of s- scenarios that you may or may not encounter, being observant is very important. Yeah, that's one reason why I chose Adventurer is because Adventurer just ain't, it could just be, oh, you're just going to find something useful. Doesn't matter. It's just, oh, this is useful? Cool. Most excellent. All righty, Adolfo. Let's hear from you. What kind of trope is making you figure this is going to be fun to play as? Tinkerer. <laughs> Easy enough. Awesome. Yes. Hey, we got the guy who can find a Gatling gun and the guy that can fix the Gatling gun. Yeah. The Tinkerer is fun. I'm sorry, Mike. You'll shut up now. Listen, this is what character creation for. This is a lot of fun and this is a kickback kind of time. But. If you pick the Tinkerer, you may spend a Brave token to temporarily repair a broken or malfunctioning device for the rest of the scene, or you may spend two Brave tokens to keep it working for the rest of the session. So literally, that is a game changer right there. We only need this temporarily, so let me spend one token so it works for the rest of the scene, or spend two to make it work for the rest of the session. Literally, it's going to throw a wrench, no pun intended, into my plans from time to time. But that's awesome. That's so cool. All righty, Sutfin, what have you been thinking about for your trope? Sorry, my mouse pointer disappeared on me. I think I need new batteries in the mouse. Tinkerer, get on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find me some batteries. I'm thinking either rustic. Paragon or Honcho. Ooh, all excellent choices. <laughs> the initial idea that I had fits into two of those, I believe. Personal opinion check. Phil, yeah. you have the floor? <laughs> Personally, I would probably go Rustic because this is going to be the zombie apocalypse. And we're going to be roughing it for a while. Possibly. That, that was, truthfully, that was my initial 
my initial choice. But like I said, it's that or the idea of waking everybody up at sunrise screaming mandatory fun day as oh. poncho also sounds appealing. Oh my gosh. I I'm so Listen, don't let my opinion sway you, but now that you gave that for the honcho, I'm like, I want to see that now. Be like, oh, you maggots, this is a mandatory fun day. <laughs> Immediate. It, yeah, it, that one comes from a story of my best friend's older brother, who anytime we would go camping, bright and early, we're talking sun just starting to peek over top of the trees. He's standing around building a fire just making as much possible noise as he can, and then mandatory fun day. Say some of those trips we decided we wanted to just leave him, maybe. Oh my goodness. So I'll tell you what, I'll let you marinate on that for a little bit, and then we'll come... It's between those two. It's between Honcho and... Excellent. Alright, so I'll come back to you. Alright, Mr. Cristobal. What have you got? Okay, first off, you are the only one who's ever called me Cristobal besides my parents. Damn straight. (laughs) Ever since, fun story, ever since I learned how to say my name in second grade in Spanish, that has become my nickname across my, from my parents since then, even to this day. And now I have entered the fray. So now you're my, so now you're my father. Great. Awesome. Call me daddy in more ways than one, apparently. Oh my, okay. There's an explicit rating on this podcast. We're fine. There is, there is, there is. All right. Dolphin, don't look shocked. You've been stuck with me for a year. You know how crazy I can be sometimes. All right. So I am debating between either Dreamer. Okay. Or just thinking, go leaning heavier into the gymnastics, or maybe when you start thinking about track and field and that kind of stuff, thinking about jock. Yeah. And I think, you know what? I think I'm going to go jock with this one. I think my character, even though it's not the football, basketball, those kind of games, it's still very involved in their sports and teams that they are on for gymnastics, track and field, swimming, things like that. Next thing I know, my guy just kicks in the door. Somebody say, who knows? You might be friends with the ruffian, but you also might be mortal enemies, which we'll get into in the relationships, which is my favorite, which is my favorite part of this whole entire process. I'm not going to lie. Alrighty. So with the jock, When you pick the jock archetype, when you are confronted with an obstacle or hazard that must be overcome physically, you may spend a brave token to add plus three to your roll in addition to any bonus from an applicable skill patch. So you're literally going to be the physical person, do stuff good kind of thing. (laughs) Nice. And let me tell you, plus threes in this game is a godsend (laughs) because you're going to need it. A godsend or whatever higher being you subscribe to. I subscribe to YouTube. No, <laughs> no subscribe to Five Tribe Productions on YouTube. <laughs> Shameless plug. Comment, subscribe. Lord. Praise be to our Lord and Savior, John Moses Browning. I gotta remember to say that during Crystal City, now that I rem- remember that we are we're a video cast. Yeah, I may or may not have to. I'll be like, all right, here's the script. 
<laughs> yeah. The things we do for love. Curse the Cowardly Dog once said that. Act two, scene one. Now I want to Curse the Cowardly Dog play. Anyways, before we... <laughs> the episode with his parents made me cry, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All righty, Sudfin. So, we had some time to marinate. What will it be? Ideally, I'd like to just mix the two, but I don't think that's allowed. Be like, there can only be one. Also, yeah. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Executive decision making is failing me. Okay, let's take a look at the special abilities both of them offer, and then maybe we can figure it out there too. So let's take a let's first take a look at the honcho. So the honcho, if and this is if you pick the honcho, because you have the trust of the tribe. When you help another scout with a task, the brave tokens you spend provide a plus two bonus instead of a plus one. So if you're helping another scout with a task and it doesn't specify what kind of task it has to be, if you spend brave tokens, they count as plus two bonus instead of a normal plus one. Now, on the flip side, if you were to take the rustic, when you choose the rustic, because you are about all the nature and all of the wilderness, hacking it in the wilderness is going to be rough. So when sleeping gets rough, you can spend a brave token to find sufficient shelter, food and water for yourself for the night. And you erase one supply mark, which means so I'll get into that a little bit later, but each of you will get three supply marks. And every time you use it, you have to mark it off. So when you find stuff, you can erase the supply mark and get it back, which means that if you randomly have something in your backpack you need, you have more of a chance to find it. <laughs> let's do it the easy way. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, this is a, it's an odds or even. We shall let the fates decide with my centennial dollar. I'm going to be laying on the desk here. So. Alrighty. Alright, so so we're gonna go we're gonna go heads, honcho, tails, rust. Tails it is. Alrighty. So the rustic it is. Rustic I will be. Very nice. Alrighty. So to quickly recap, and again, if you decide that you would like to go somewhere else later, you can message me and we can fix it because things can change between now and the actual session. But to quickly recap, Kellen has decided to be the trope of the adventurer. Lovely Chris Cristobal, you are the jock. <laughs> he's not a window, but he's Amador. Amador, you have decided to go with oddball, which is a stellar choice always. Josh is our ruffian, Sutfin is the rustic, and Adolfo is the tinkerer. So this is a good mixture of peoples. This is awesome. Okay. So now we get into the juicy stuff. So step three, when it comes to making our character, is now you guys are going to pick a flaw for your character. So... In essentially, the flaw works more flavor wise than it does mechanic wise. So no button is perfect. And the same is true for your braves. 
each of them has their own problems, a flaw, if you will, that sometimes makes it difficult to be friends with or presents challenges that make overall life difficult. So when you pick your flaw, you should pick one that can be used to help your character inform what choices they make and how the other scouts interact with them. Every scout has one flaw. So on page 22, there is a sample list of flaws for your character. And again, this works more flavor wise, but it does have a small mechanical use in it, especially when it comes to describing failures in this game. Because if you're able to weave in your flaw, when you fail a role, you, because this game is using the kids on bike system. When you fail a roll, you actually gain a brave token. And if you can incorporate your flaw and make it make sense of using that flaw when you fail, then you get a two brave tokens instead of one. So failure is always fun in this game because you are rewarded for success, but you are also rewarded for failure. Okay, I apparently cannot read and listen at the same time. I was reading the list of flaws. So fun fact for the listening audience, a lot of the times people like to say, oh, I can multitask physiologically speaking and psychologically speaking. There is no such thing as multitasking in psychology. We call that task shifting, which means that when you are working on multiple things at the same time, you shift your attention to working on a separate task when you're working on multiple things at once. There's no such thing as multitasking because that is psychologically and physiologically impossible for the brain to comprehend the complexity of giving the same focus and attention to multiple things at the same time. I would like to thank my BA in psychology for that. Your badassery? The more you know. I was going to say, I don't know, I'm able to watch TV shows and work on D&D at the same time. <laughs> so the, but are you, though, because you're watching TV, but then you shift your tasks to D&D. <laughs> but no, honestly, okay. though, they, my professor did say if you have music or TV blaring in the background, you can increase your productivity because it acts as white noise to stimulate your brain while you're working and the wavelengths of the sound, whether TV and or music or whatever you have as a background noise tends to increase the productivity because it sends signals to your brain be like yo let's work harder yeah no it's definitely a thing but i'll mainly make a joke because thankfully work on dnd that's just one sense listening to tv is the other side that's how i'm able to do both yeah there are some people who are able to separate the senses a little bit and it's a lot more common than people give it credit for but yeah Sorry, my psychology nerd in me was just like, we, were we going to talk about that? Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. I was like, considering how many of us are probably neurodivergent anyway, I think that's probably where it's most common is in the <laughs> folk out there. There's a lot of, I kid you not, there's a lot of us in this call that are, neuro, I can't speak for me, but there are some amazing folks in this call who are neurodivergent, and we love and appreciate them. And if anybody talks shit, I will fight you. Just saying. It's on site. As the kids say, <laughs> whatever that I'm means. Sorry I'm sorry to get us so off topic, Mikey, but yeah, can you just go over what the flaws do again? I'm sorry. Technically, those were related because we were talking about flaws. But anyways, yes. So again, flaws can be any adjective that describes 
one of the more setbacky aspects of your character from their personality and what informs their actions. So this is the comprehensive list in the book, but it is not limited to what is on here, starting on page 22. But some flaws may include arrogant, has bad eyesight, bad habits, bitter, blunt, boastful, boring, brash, a cheater, chronic pain, clumsy, coward, distracted, envious, fearful, fidgety, forgetful, gloomy, greedy, grumpy, gullible, liar, mean, nosy, picky, prim, rude, sarcastic, secretive, shy, silly, skeptical, sloppy, snotty, strict, stubborn, superstitious, sweaty, unruly, vain, wasteful, and etc., etc. That literally describes teenagers these days in a nutshell. Way to go, book. <laughs> Actually, I can't say teenagers because I know some adults that are like this as well. And I feel like it's worse in adults than it is in children. But all to say is you guys get to pick a fun flaw that you would like to give your character. And again, the real only real mechanical use your flaw has is when you fail a roll. If you're able to incorporate your flaw into the failure, you receive two brave tokens instead of one. But if you try to use it and it doesn't make sense to be like, nah, nice try, but no. <laughs> Alrighty. Let us see. Oh, Joshua, you have to. I have decided that you shall go first with this one. Want. <laughs> Again, really easy. <laughs> so you it's the there's sometimes I'm just blunt IRL. So don't I know it? And no, I'm just kidding. Nah, you're good, Josh. I like the bluntness and the honesty. It's what keeps me. It's what keeps me going and it keeps me on the straight and narrow. Not going to lie. Alrighty, Amador, what were you thinking for your oddball? Um, I want to play into the whole superstition thing, but also play into daily vices as the Hispanic goes through. Not only do we have bad joints, but before things bad things happens, like when your grandma's, hey, it's going to rain today. My knees really hurt. So I'm going to have lots of chronic pain. Especially since I am an oddball, I find my character. What time period? I should have asked, what time period are we in? So the time period is going to be modern. So anywhere between 2010 to current day. So this is all current day. That's that's one of the beautiful things with this game. You can set it anywhere. But for this particular game, it is the modern era. <laughs> oh, yeah. So definitely he's into the whole like message board internet culture talking about conspiracy theories talking about alien he's like certain celebrities are lizard people like it says in the thing so he has like early onset carpal tunnel and then he also has that bad gut feeling that hits his knees and he's yeah it's gonna rain today or man i really feel like today's gonna be off my knees are really hurting so he's gonna have bet some chronic pain and bad joints oh my goodness I, it's so funny, but it is so true. <laughs> All righty. All righty. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Adolfo, what were you thinking for our tinkerer? I was thinking either superstitious because he's got to use the tools that he always has used because those are his lucky tools. And he, even 
going past that. Was that a black cat? Did that just cross? Did you just bring a mirror? Yeah, we can't go outside. No, we can't have it. Either that, grumpy. That way I can make him a caffeine, caffeine addict like I am. Or clumsy. Interesting. All righty. So which one is making you feel more? <laughs> like which one? So which one are you leaning towards more? As fun as grumpy would be, I unfortunately feel that would get tedious RPing that week in and week out. I'm kind of in between superstitious and clumsy. And I got to go feed a, a baby. I'll be, so I'll be back. Okay. No worries. So superstitious or clumsy. So we can find a grumpy. All right, Chris, what do you got? I'm going to go with distracted. I think my character, like I said, uh, enjoys all of these different little sports. But at the same time, it's always distracted by the new thing to try to do. I kid you not. I know a lot of athletes in school who were like that. They were very, they were, they're good athletes. They're very athletic, but they get distracted all the time too. Fun fact. Now this is not a scientific, like a hundred percent thing, but once again, psycho listen, I'm going to be pulling up a lot of psychology facts as we're going through this game. I kid you not because this type of scenario is my bread and butter, but there has been some research that linked that being in sports do does help individuals who suffer from ADHD because the concepts of teamwork and practicing and repetition helps them focus more, which tend to also be things that a lot of researchers say, especially what my profession are told that repetition helps students with ADHD help focus and things like that, especially since they get distracted very easily. Once again, the more, the once again, the more you know. <laughs> and knowing oh. half the battle, GI Joe. <laughs> we love to see it. All right, Kellen, what do, flaw do you think our adventurer would have? <laughs> oh, it took me like no time flat for that one because it's gonna make it more interesting. Forgetful, because I was imagining moments. Obviously, if I can flavor as well, where it's hey, we should go check out this abandoned Walgreens. For food, I walk in, I fail the role. It's like, what I walk in here for? And just walk out. I can just imagine that happening. Yes. We love to see it. So our adventurer is forgetful. That is awesome. Alrighty, Setfin. So last but not least, what does the rustic have for their flaw? Number one, I take issue with the fact that sarcasm is listed as a flaw. It's like, how dare you call me out, book? Really, that's it's kind of standard operation, or at least in my mind. I think I'm going to go with the slot. Just un- not really unkempt, but just chaos. Chaotic. We love some good chaos. Sloppy it is. <laughs> All righty. Okay. We would like to take this commercial moment to, for those of you who are listening, you can't see this. But we would like to take this moment to say there is a cute baby on our screen. <laughs> baby. Yeah. Hopefully he'll calm down after this bottle. I think I'm going to actually go with clumsy. Heck yeah. And, and let me tell you why. Back in my younger 20s days, I was a firefighter. And we were at this strip mall fire and I was assigned to a truck, which for those that don't know, the truck is the big fire truck with the really big ladder that gets 
put up and the guys in the truck are normally known as truckies. And as a truckie, you do things like search and rescue, you do things like like ventilation, safety, any secondary fire suppression type stuff. It was a strip mall fire and they actually had us go in through this jewelry store to start poking some holes in the ceiling to see if the how far the fire had progressed. And we walk into this jewelry store. It's skinny, okay? And at that time I was a skinny Adolfo in, in the whole, the firefighter turnout gear and all that. I was pretty wide. And then more importantly, I had this thing called a pike pole, which a pike pole is, is very much what it's, what its namesake is. It's a big pole that has a hook on the end of it. And what you use it for is you or one of the many uses for it, I should say, is you poke it up into the ceiling and you can pull ceiling down. But we're walking in and we have our SCBA breathing gear on. And our team leader is like, all right, guys, be careful. We're in a jewelry store, so don't don't break anything. And he was behind me. I couldn't hear what he said. So I turned around and went, what? And my pike pole cleared out a whole wall of shelves. That's why we're going to go with clumsy. That is amazing. <laughs> why does that sound like it was straight out of a sitcom? Oh my goodness, that is amazing. We love to see it. Now I got the hiccups, dang it. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. So now that we have our fundamental flaws, we're actually got, we're going to do this one bit. We're going to do this one more thing right here, and then we're going to take a break shortly. And actually... I will explain it, and then you guys will have the break to figure it out before we go back. So, the last thing that we were going to do for part one, make sure that you stay tuned for the second part of this character creation. Don't go nowhere anytime soon, y'all. But we get to pick our skill patches. Don't touch that dial. Don't touch that dial, ladies and germs. We will be back shortly. But no. So the next thing that we're going to do, at least for part one of character creation, is you're going to choose three skill patches. So like any organization, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, whatever kind of scout organization, you have the opportunity to earn different merit badges or skill patches in this game that show exemplary mastery of different objects. So the way that skill patches work is, as I mentioned, you will get to pick three. So anytime over the course of the campaign, when you are involved in an activity or something within a scene that allows you and you have mastery of this certain thing with a skill patch, if you are able to tell me how the skill patch applies to the scenario that you're working with, when you make a roll, your skill patch grants you a plus three onto that roll. However, there is a trade-off. If you use the skill and you explain it, how you make it work within the given context, but it goes beyond the scope of actual credibility of said skill, then you are penalized and you only get a plus one instead of a plus three. So this mechanic helps not only for you to pick and choose when to use your skill patch appropriately, but 
it also gives the DM a chance to be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Sorry, you only get a plus one instead of plus three this time around. Maybe next time. Which is really cool because I really like that. You still get a bonus, but not the high bonus if you're able to explain it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break right here. So over the break, you guys get to pick three skill patches. And when we come back from break, you we will go over those skill patches and then we're actually going to jump into. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. And when we come back, we're going to talk bonds between you guys and establish who's on good terms and who is on bad terms. So for the listening audience that will be concluding part one of character creation, make sure you tune in again for part two. But until then, make sure that you give us a like, follow, take care of each other, love one another. And as always, let the good times roll. Come back for part two, please. We're desperate. But until then, see you in a bit. Okay, I'm going to hop out of Discord for the break. That way I can give my hot spot a little bit of a rest, but I will be back. Okay, so it is 7.30 my time, so I will say about seven minute break. So 7.37 my time, calculate that to your time zone. We'll come back and then we'll continue on with character creation. This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always... Keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.